So Hebrews chapter 11, where we will begin this morning, it's one of those, and some of you are familiar with it, it's one of those, in my view, standout chapters, uh, not only in the book of Hebrews, but in the New Testament and maybe even the Bible as a whole. And the reason for that is it gives us a detailed portrait of what faith is, how it looks, what it looks like in life, and it does so in vivid detail, not unlike if you were to look at 1 Corinthians 13, and Paul gives us this vivid portrait of what love is and how it works, the love of Christ works in real life. So he's telling us the significance of faith in Christ and what it means to your life and my life if we embrace actual faith in Christ. And we're going to get to all that in just a moment. But what I want you to notice, we don't have time to get into every detail, but it does give this list, the video referred to it, this list of people from the Old Testament times that were commended for their faith in God and how it caused them ultimately to develop a courageous faith, a confident faith in God each day, regardless of the challenges they met. And they did meet some challenges. So in this, what we see is a contrast between what was and the example of some who were and what was going on among the Jews, in particular the first century Jews, which is when Hebrews was written. And see, the, the Jews, as you know, we've kind of referred to, they have drifted from a genuine life-giving faith in God and drifted towards and even built a whole religion around self-effort self religion, self-help they had made their religion, if you will, about self and what they could do, and even self-salvation, I would argue, to some degree. And then the problem with all of that self-effort religion is, bottom line, it doesn't work. It doesn't change anything. I would even argue it makes you worse over time, not better. But a genuine faith in Christ, according to Hebrews chapter 11, will transform your life over time if, if, you choose the path of genuine faith. And that's what this is going to define for us. It's going to give us this portrait of what that means and what it is and why faith, genuine faith in Christ, confident faith in Christ that can develop is so important. Now, I love this quote from one author talking about all the people referred to in Hebrews chapter 11 and the faith that they exhibited as a point of encouragement to us. He said this, they lived, that is the people in Hebrews chapter 11, they lived on the basis of what they knew about God and his promises. They had the courage to move into the unknown with their hearts set upon and their lives controlled by a great unseen reality. The list of heroes is meant, look at this, because it's talking about you and I now, this list of heroes is meant to provide the readers strength and encouragement in their own difficult circumstances. So I want you and I to consider two things from the first three verses in chapter 11 of Hebrews. I want you and I to consider, first of all, that a confident faith that can develop in your life, if you so choose, if you choose to follow him and not just believe in Christ, you will develop a confident faith. And number one, it says a confident faith will inspire day-to-day -day life, regardless of what comes 
Christ will inspire life on a day-to-day basis. In other words, it's real and it's here. It's not something that you just look forward to when you pass away. But secondly, what we're going to see here is it will also provide for us an informed view of what we cannot in and of ourselves understand. Have you ever run across circumstances where you don't understand? Hello. I'm not alone, am I? Me too. There's things that come along in life. I, I just flat don't get it. Confident faith can inform you about things you don't get. And we're going to see how in just a moment. Now, let's read and see what it says about this faith. And I want to dig into what this faith really is on a day-to-day basis. Now, he says, verse 1, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients, the people that he's referring to in this chapter from the Old Testament times, this is what the ancients were what? Commended for. And then he says, by faith, we understand, that is us. He's back to us. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. I'll come back to that at the very end. Now look at the first verses, because before you and I can talk about what confident faith is, we need to make sure we understand what the Bible means by the word faith to begin with. And I want to pause and dig into this and the significance of this kind of confident faith that can develop over time in your life and in my life in relation to Christ. So first of all, let's look at what faith leads to. It leads to confidence according to God's word. He says, now, faith is confidence. Did you see that? Faith is what? Confidence. Now let's pause and look at what the core meaning of the word faith here is. It's used in Hebrews and in the, in the New Testament. Faith is not just believing. You, you've heard me talk about this before. We've considered this. It's not just believing the facts about Jesus. Faith is actually having a deep persuasion and moral conviction about who he is. Now, why is that significant? Because you and I, if we really, listen, come on, if we really do have a moral conviction, a deep persuasion that Jesus is who he claimed to be, then you and I are going to have a better, better path to forming a reliance on Christ as opposed to, come on, a reliance on self. Have you ever had a problem in your life, a challenge in your life, a circumstance in your life where you catch yourself relying on self? Me too. And confident faith is not going to develop down that path. Confident faith is going to say, Lord, I don't have control of this, and I'm going to learn in this moment to rely on you. And I'm going to develop this this conviction that you are exactly who you say you are. And and this word faith also refers to, in this verse, as you can see, developing confidence. Well, how do you develop confidence? By studying it? By reading about it? No. You develop a confident faith by what? Doing it. Taking your next step in the journey. 
And that's what the, the context here is in these verses as he gives us the examples one after another in this chapter you can read on your own of people who exhibited real faith, genuine faith, confident faith. Now let's look at the core traits just for a moment of what faith is according to Hebrews. Number one, it designates a relationship with God versus a self-effort religion. Now listen, you don't have to be in any particular denomination to develop a self-effort religion, do you? You can be very Baptist. Are you there? You can be very Baptist and develop a self-effort religion. And the bottom line is it's not about your religion, it is about your relationship that changes your life. And that's what Hebrews is focusing on. That's what that, first, that, that word faith focuses on. It's not talking about religious ritual. It's talking about this vivacious, this real relationship with God that develops. And it develops into a confident faith. The second core part that we need to understand is that this kind of faith, confident faith, actual faith, genuine faith in Christ centers on God, the object of your faith. Now, I know that sounds like duh, right? But how often do we live the opposite? Come on. How often do we sometimes make ourselves or another person the object of our faith or a thing I want, my dream I have, or something I want to accomplish as the object of my faith? We've got to pause and ask ourselves, if we're going to develop the kind of confident faith that Hebrews is talking about, who am I really putting my faith in? Is God, is Christ truly the object of my faith? Why is all this important? Because of where it leads it leads, now stay with me. If you've been taking a nap, wake up. Look at what it says next. Because the next key word is assurance. This is beautiful language and, and amazing promises if we'll dig into it. it. This kind of faith, if it's genuine, and it is a confident faith that is growing, he says, and assurance of what we do not see, of what we don't have an answer for, of what we can't figure out on our own. Now that word assurance means proof or evidence. That word assurance refers to being exposed or discovering as trustworthy or true. So what in the world is he talking about? He is saying, my friends, if we will practice actual faith, take steps of faith, stop in the moment and realize we're trusting self and not Christ and choose Christ instead in the moment. I don't mean all your life. I mean in the moment then what he's telling us next is that Christ will expose you to the fact, to the truth, that he is trustworthy. How are you going to know if you can trust Christ or not? Trusting him. Not reading about it. Not contemplating it. Not just getting more information from the Bible you do nothing with. It is taking that next step of faith. And you know what Jesus does? He proves himself every single time. You know what Jesus does? He proves himself even when he owes me nothing. Does Christ, does, does he have to prove himself to me? Does he owe that to me or you? No, he does not. He owes us nothing but promises us abundance. But to experience who he is We've got to practice and grow in a confident faith. 
oh, I'm tired after that one. How about you? That's the basis for everything else that Hebrews chapter 11 and even the whole New Testament is about. Christ will transform your life, but you got to be willing to take the journey. Now look at what he says next, verse 2. He says, this is what, what is the faith that he just got through talking about, this kind of faith. This is what the ancients were what? Commended for. That's why they're in this book, in this chapter. They were commended. The people of the Old Testament times were commended because they exhibited this, a faith that realized God's trustworthy, a faith that experienced that God is exactly who he said he is and does what he says he will do. Those people in Old Testament times are examples to inspire us. And in fact, that word or that phrase, commended for, means to bear witness. And it refers to a testimony, a witness that is full on and all in. And in fact, the word commended emphasizes an honest testimony, an honest story, not an exaggerated reality. What does that mean? If you look, and I don't have time to do it. If you look at the list in Hebrews chapter 11 and you see different people that are mentioned from the Old Testament times, how many perfect people do you see in there? Zero. If a book were written about you and I in our faith and we were listed by name and our stories to some degree were told about our faith, how many perfect people would be listed in that book? Zero. I take... I take encouragement from that, do you? That if God could use David, for example, a felon who had somebody murdered and committed adultery and had a baby out of wedlock with another man's wife, if he can use that guy, he can use you. If those people, imperfect as they were, can develop a confident faith, so can we. That's the beauty of this. The Bible does not, does not give us examples and portraits of people that, that were Walt Disney-esque, this perfect hair and waff and whatever. It is not Disney, it's life, and it's real life. And he says they were commended because of this, that they didn't have perfect faith, they had consistent faith. How did they do that? One day at a time that's how and it built into this confident faith that God had given them that God used them to inspire and to be a point of inspiration to others in fact I would argue that you and I have an advantage do we not because the people commended in chapter 11 of Hebrews were all Old Testament times well what does that mean before Christ I would argue that you and I have less excuses as believers for developing a confident faith. Why? His name is Jesus. We have Christ. We have all that Christ has shown us. We have clarity that they did not have. But yet they were commended for what? Their faith. Their one day at a time, take it one step at a time faith. And here's how it wraps up in verse 3. I love this. He goes 
from the specific examples of these people in the Old Testament that ought to inspire us to pursue one day at a time faith in Christ, trusting him, truly relying on him to the biggest of big pictures you could, you could put out there. Look at what he says, verse 3, by what? Faith. He says that phrase, this is the first time, 18 times in one chapter. So you think God's repeating himself by any chance. 18 times the words by faith are used in Hebrews chapter 11. And he says, by faith we what? By faith we understand. And the context here is understand things we can't comprehend on our own. So if you feel lost with a circumstance, welcome to the human club. That's how it works. If you're challenged by things that are over your head, awesome, welcome to the club. That God's at his best when we're at our lowest. God is the strongest when we're at our weakest. But the, the question is, are you going to let him do what only he can do? Are you going to learn to rely on him? So when he says by faith, it's the same word used in verse 1. It is by relying on Christ, by truly day-to-day -day trusting in Christ that leads to what? Understanding. Now, one more. Dig in just briefly. Actively trusting Christ leads to understanding. Now, pause with me. Stay with me. This is not blind faith that's being asked for. This is not blind faith that's being called for because the word understand means to exercise your mind, not exercise your emotions. It means to look at very closely to the point that you will begin to comprehend if you stay with it. Our faith in Christ is not based on how you feel, my friend. It is based on the truth of God's word. It is based on the proof and the truth that God puts right in front of you to trust him. And you're going to make a choice or not. It is specifically, this word, understand, is distinct from intuitive perception. And I'm not, there's nothing wrong with feeling or intuitive perception. But that's not what your faith in Christ is based on. It is based on the truth. The truth of who Jesus Christ is. In other words, if it's based on feeling, what you say Jesus is and what I say Jesus is can be in total conflict, right? Come on. We can define Jesus in our own image, but that's not what the Bible teaches. Jesus, you can do it, but it's not advisable. You can define Jesus in any image you want, but the real Christ is the one that's going to change your life not the, the, the figment of your imagination or mind. So we don't need to honestly have two portraits of Jesus. There's one. And it is based on the truth from his word. Now look at closely what it says about this Jesus, about God. It says, by faith we understand. We begin to comprehend things we can't comprehend on our own. And then he says, I love this part, that the universe, he left nothing out, that the universe, for example, was formed, how? By God's command. You see, that word formed means to put in order. It means to purposely create something. Would it surprise you to know that the earth is exactly the distance 
from the sun that it ought to be. You're going to see an earth up there in a minute, I'm hoping. It's exactly the distance from the sun that it needs to be for you and I to what? To live. Much closer, we burn. Farther away, we freeze. And it's tilted just right as it spins on its axis to what? To support life. Would it be surprising to you to know that trees exist for absorbing carbon monoxide, which kills you, by the way, if you're not up on that, and it releases what? Oxygen. That's a gift from God. Every single day, every single breath you have and I take is a gift from God. He formed that. Would it surprise you to know that our planet is covered by the oceans, which represent about 75 to 80% of our planet. And that, just in case you don't know, don't drink ocean water. It will kill you. But God has provided an evaporation process for fresh water to rain down from the oceans into our rivers and lakes and streams and provide us with what? Life-giving fresh water that we will die without. Would it surprise you to know that that thing pumping in your chest right now, if it stops the heart, if it stops, you die, right? Come on, I'm, I'm not a doctor, but I'm, I'm, I feel safe on that one. And this amazing muscle that is placed in your body is providing you with life-giving nutrients throughout your body so that you and I what? We live. You see, there's some that would like to convince you and I that this just all happened. But God's word comes along all the way back to Genesis and says, in the beginning, before time, what? God created. That's what he just said. God formed all this. He has purpose behind all this. And, and, and I love what Paul said in Romans to this effect. He said, for since the creation of the, of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. You can see God if you're willing to look, in other words, and it goes on to say, being understood from what has been made, all of creation, it didn't just happen, that's ludicrous, so that people are without what? Excuse. You want to know God? Look. His name's Christ, Jesus Christ. He'll show you who God is. So I'm going to leave you with this one question this morning. I think it's pretty important. If God put this whole universe in order, what in your life is too complicated to trust Christ with? Let's pray. Father, your, your word in this passage is so straightforward and challenging at the same time. It's very simple in that if we will truly just learn one day at a time, one faith moment at a time, to trust you, rely on you, you will prove who you are. 
You will prove to be trustworthy. You don't answer our prayers. You lead in your direction. So, Father, I pray, whatever we're challenged with, whatever comes our way, I pray that we will learn to trust your path and quit clinging to our own. I pray, myself included, that we will just take it one step, as so many did before us, and just simply trust you in the moment, even when we don't have the answers, maybe especially when we don't have the answers. And Father, you've promised in your word that you will not only be with us, that you will bring good out of even the worst of times. Father, you will give us comprehension about things we can't comprehend on our own. Father, thank you for Christ and all that he is and all that he's willing to do in our lives and through our lives. And truly, Father, if you put this universe together like you did and we see evidence every single day of our life that you did and we are alive right now and we have breath in our lungs, what is it that's so complicated about our lives personally that you can't handle? I pray. I pray we'll consider that question as we leave this morning. It's in Jesus' name that we do pray. Amen.